talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Anyone else awake? Uh, Nick, you there, mate? I'm fucking, I've only just woken up. How you doing? Hey, mate. Yeah, yeah, good. You just got had a, had a nightmare that the, uh, that, uh, <laughs> Tom Banks had, um, you know, just had to kick it out, you know, to the try line and he missed. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just, I had like, just my, dark have been my dreams of late. It's been uh, it's been one of those things, but I think who else is here? Jack, you there, mate? Yeah, mate. Wakey, wakey. Hands off, snakey. Let's get into the <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get into the rugby. It's yeah, it's a bit like that. It's it's been a blur the last couple of days. Um, Nathan, are you also there, mate? Yeah, <laughs> news never sleeps, so never neither do I during these weeks. So I'm always up. Yeah, it's a bit like that. But for all of our listeners. First of all, welcome to the drop kickoff. We're back here once again. Um, we're recording this early on Friday morning, which is the reason why I'm knackered as all hell. But you may have noticed going out in the news this morning, uh, a whole bunch of articles that look like it seems that the, the cat's out of the bag. The joke, there's the jokes that we've been making over the last couple of weeks. Richie's getting the chair out. It looks like Quade's Cooper is going to be selected at uh, at 10. So we thought we'd come together early this morning and do a sneaky pod to talk about uh, all of that, but also have the opportunity to talk about uh, the last weekend of rugby and everything else. So I've put together some our, our usual burning questions and hot topics. So question one, if if the news is to be believed and that Quade is in fact going to be our 10 this weekend, that squad selection, what are our thoughts on that? Uh, question two, we're going to talk about what key matchups. Uh, obviously, squad gets announced later this morning, uh, later today. But uh, what key matchups are we excited for for this weekend? Um, even on the Saffa side, because they've already unveiled their squad and it looks mint. Question three, we're going to kind of, as much as we don't want to, delve into the nightmare of uh, of, uh, of Bledisloe 3 and relive what happened there. And then question four, off the back of that, uh, we're going to talk about all the stuff with Geordie Barrett and that red card, and is red and is the red card becoming overused in rugby? And then question five, we'll delve into the predictions for the weekend, which hopefully by that stage, I'll, by the time we get to that question, hopefully I'll be awake. But question one, gentlemen, I'm assuming you've seen all the news that's been out for the last couple, like hour or two. Um, Quade Cooper is potentially getting selected as the fly half for the Wallabies this weekend. Uh, Nick, I'm going to throw to you first, mate. Uh, you, you and I have uh, had many a Quaid joke over the last few years. We've had, uh, had many a joke at, at the expense and also for him. What are your thoughts on this, mate? Awesome. I'm so excited. I think <laughs> I could only be more excited if um, Tom Banks was dropped and Jackson uh, Mould <laughs> came into his place. I think that's... I'm pretty excited about this news. Uh, can't wait for the memes. Um, so sad that, you know, we're not playing the All Blacks again this year um, just for the, the meme value. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm so excited for this stuff. Yeah, look, it's, it's a it definitely... Know, I know you'd only do it for the memes. You're only in it for the content and the clicks. It's a, it's a so tough... Exactly, you know, <laughs> I don't actually watch games anymore. Yeah, it's at this stage we're only in it for the memes. That's all. That's all that gets us through the day. Um, what I'll go to the, Nafo in terms of, of actual impact on the Wallabies. What are your thoughts on this situation? I'm anticipating that the reaction, if it, if it is true, when the squad's announced later today, it's going to be a very, uh, very interesting reaction by to, for a lot of Wallabies fans, but also probably journalists and everyone alike. Yeah, look, it's very interesting. I mean, if these reports are true, uh, I mean, I, look, he's he's the type of player. He always seems to play well in South Africa, and he's the type of player that will give you like 
a miracle performance out of seemingly nowhere. I mean, what, four or five years out of the Wallabies setup is pretty out of nowhere at, at this stage. I just think, is, is that is that where we are, the Wallabies? Like, sure, <laughs> he's struggled to an extent in, in those first three games, but... I mean, Connor's. There was photos across the Wallaby's Instagram that has Connor back at training, so he can't be that far. Do you not just just keep him on for this game, and then like, when Connor's back fit, just have him come off the bench? Like he's a what a twenty-one year old kid. Just let him. You gotta let him fail. You gotta let him play against the best teams in the world and learn and adapt. It's, are we really saying that Quaid's the best option, and that best option's then heading over to Japan at the end of the year, like? I just, I'm not, I'm not sure about it. Yeah, look, it, it seems a bit, I mean, as much as he's been with the squad and, and you have been saying hook, line and sinker across all of the last couple of pods that we've done that he's not going to get picked. He's just there as a senior player or as a senior support for the, for the likes of which the, the, the cat's out of the bag or the chickens are out of the coop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it, it, it seems, I, I feel like it's just going back to, to previous times, it's I'm I'm curious about this, Jack. What do you reckon? What are your thoughts on this? If this is the case, um, because I mean, do you, do you feel like this is a step forward of going back to the back to the past to help direct the future, or do you reckon there's just this is just a hell mary by by Rennie at the moment? Warning, warning, earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a story. What a what a comeback. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, we started the whole campaign of, you know, getting, getting Quaid that number 10 jersey and it's, and it's come to fruition. And, you know, now that it's, you know, potentially going to be real, it's, uh, it's quite hard to imagine. It's, it's pretty incredible. As you said, I think he's got a pretty good track record at, um, uh, uh, in South Africa. Um, I'm, I'm glad, you know, that if it, you know, O'Connor's out, that, um, you know, a, a more traditional 10 can, can step in. Um, Lolo Ceo has been going great. I think it's been great for his experience starting all those tests. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say you need a break and, um, have a, you know, we need some more senior figures around. Although Quaid is quite senior, but you know, um, that's a discussion for another day. I, I think it's exciting. We'll see how he goes. We'll see how he stands up to the, uh, the rigors of Tetramass rugby. I, I don't think he's played since what, 2017, something like that. So yeah, quite extraordinary scenes. Uh, I hope, I hope Dave leaves. A good question we can ask ourselves, right? Is, uh, I mean, Lelocio, you know, he tried, he stunk out the joint on, um, Sunday. Um, I know James O'Connor doesn't seem to be fit enough. Yeah. Who, if you could pick anyone, right, is playing at the moment, Australian obviously, who would we, you know, would we want to see Foley back there? Um, you know, who who would we want to pick first if we could pick anyone? I think that, that's a good question. We don't really have anyone there, I'm, right? I'm well, gonna, what about Hodge? What I've, about I've Hodge? Been with, yeah, I've been I've been happy with um how Lola is going. It's it's not you can't put it all on his shoulders. It's it's the fact that you know if he's starting, there needs to be those senior players around him that actually help um you know control the game and take pressure off his shoulders. But you know. Even our senior players aren't stepping up like they should, so I think that's the bigger problem. You know, you look at you look at other d- teams where they drop a youngster in; they've still got you know all these guys around them with you know thirty, fifty caps that are you know leading the team. So I, I don't think you can put it all on loyal CEO's shoulders. It, it it just speaks to you know the depth in in fly half that we have. I think Connor's your main option. I mean, let's let's not forget this is the guy that was quite comfortably the MVP of Super Rugby AU, had a injury-filled trans-Tasman, and let's face it, he, for all money and how he's played over the past couple of sort of games in gold, he is that man that's our, our number one choice. Reese Hodge, I don't think is the answer. I think he'd be more suited to slot in at 15 if they want to sort of change it up. I just don't think, I don't like the message we're sending when Hodge, let's face it, when you look at even look at Rebels' side, he's probably your third-choice 10 there behind Gordon and Tamua. Mm. I just... I think we're, we're... People are sort of writing him off, and it seems to me he's, he's the problem out of that third game. But, I mean, you've... It's New Zealand. They're, <laughs> they're the best team in the world. Like, yep. 
Are we forgetting that he kicked us to victory twice? Should have been three times against France like two months ago. Like mm. the the kid won won us that series. Yeah, I'm really just saying, like, up I'm not saying, you know, when I say sunk out the joint, like he had a shit game on the weekend. I'm not saying you know, well, let's ditch him or I mean, uh, that's, you know, that's what's happening. That's... But you know, he, you just can't keep playing the dude. You know, you do have to give him a break. And I mean, you know, if James O'Connor wasn't injured, that wouldn't be happening. But um, my theory, my theory on that is like, if there's no one else better, then you stick with him. You know. If you, if you think there's much difference between, you know, Lola CEO and Hodge, then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but remember that I think wasn't it Hodge who was the fly half when uh, when we beat the All Blacks last year? It was mm. him and then it, and then Lola CEO came off the bench. I think I think if you're going to go uh, in terms of actual players who've played on the who've actually had game time this year, for me the only option, I mean, Tamu is injured, isn't he? He's out. Or like I haven't seen him, or he's, he's been coming oh. off the bench. Either way, he's been a non, he's been a, a non, a non presence for wherever he's been. For me, the only other realistic option, if O'Connor's injured, is Hodge. I think, um, particularly one because he's got fanta- a big boot on him, but also because you just need someone who's, even though he is more of a, a jack of all trades but a master of none, surely he'd just be a more experienced head. I mean, he's got his fiftieth cap coming up this weekend if he gets picked. So, I don't know. I think it's to go as much as I, as much as you know, no disrespect to Quaid, and I'm happy to eat my words on this. Come next week, if we're, if we're when we when we talk about how this this weekend goes, but um, you know, to go to to I feel like to go back to suddenly just go back and pick him puts some concern in my eyes. I reckon it sound like it sounds to me either either Dave's looking for new ideas or just having a crack trying some things out and he's been given free reign to do so and, and that would be great if that's the case. Or he's what he might be starting to wonder in terms of the actual cattle he's got, what actual options are available. I hope um, Dave Rennie's gave, given uh, Cooper the uh, the game plan of no flip balls, no cutout passes, just <laughs> corners and, and you'll be right, mate. <laughs> game plan, not too much can go that's wrong. That's all he does, though. That's all he knows how to do. Maybe Granny's sort of game plan based around those flicks. <laughs> it's just a sidestep. That's all we need. It's all, it's all we need, just just that little sidestep. Giving Karebi back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, C- C- Cooper moves sideways. Sami moves, um, Sami moves just back. straight. You just should run, work. don't pass. Yeah. Tries. <laughs> That's how you get tries. Yeah. I was actually looking at uh, Rich Munger's stats. Um, he's 27. Remember, he was carving it up in for the Crusaders for ages. Just looking at his stats for the All Blacks, he debuted in 17-18, so I'm guessing that's 2017. Mm. He had first start in 2018. And in 2018, he had 130 minutes in three tests. Pushed. Oh, 163 in five mm. tests. So that's not a whole lot. And he's only recently been starting. So last, it was 2019. He started six times. Oh, no. What's it? Two, one, six, eight times. So and he's 27, I think. So... I mean, I guess, you know, we all know the whole story about the All Blacks and everything, but it's just, hmm. yeah, it's just a great contrast between, you know, we're throwing out this kid who's had one good season versus this dude who's been carving it up for five years. Yep. No, you raise a good point. Yeah, if but look. Keep yeah. strapping, his, strapping his groin, then that would be the idea to have uh, O'Connor start and then Lil CO off the bench in, in, the, in the minutes, but, you know. I think we've tried Tamur and, and all that sort of stuff, so the answer's still there. It's in, it's up for grabs. Yeah, it's it's it, it just it, it's uh, as much. I don't know exactly how to, how I feel about it. I think that's the the consensus is, is is that there is no consensus to put it. I think to put it simply with this whole Cooper scenario, like it's 
yeah, there's the issues with Noah, and I think the the, the issues there extend w- well beyond the context of just this Wallaby squad in terms of actual player management and looking after the players. But you know, in terms of this weekend and thinking about the context of this weekend, I just I'm if it is what it, if if this is going to happen, if this is the selection that we're going to go with, I I don't know. I'm happy to be proven wrong on it, but I hope it doesn't reek of just desperation. That's the big. That's the biggest worry that it just reeks of desperation. You're just trying to find something that makes to make it to, to, for the Wallabies to finally just get some wins. And yeah. you know, there is no denying. There is no denying, and we talked about it last pod that Wallabies desperately need some wins right now. Like they're playing better, but they need they need some wins. So, um, if if, if the solution is going back to back to the days of Quaid, um. I mean, best of luck to them, but is that is that the way forward? I don't know, because we have been down that path before. Go on, Quade. Prove us wrong. Yeah, please. I want to be proven wrong. Earth Quade. Well, they clearly listened to this podcast. That's why they picked him, so... Oh, come on. <laughs> who are we going to target next to get a start? Jesse Mogg. Yeah. Jesse Mogg. Jesse Mogg. Yeah. If anyone in the, in the Wallaby selection thing, uh, panel are listening... Uh, we re- there's this bloke. He's just recently signed with the Brumbies. Uh, he's had a bit of potential, but we reckon he can do a lot better. His name's Jesse Mogg. Uh, he's a good good player. Highly recommend. Wallaby, you know, he's got yeah. international experience already. Right. If, if Greg Holmes can come back into a side, I mean, yeah, if Greg Holmes can come back. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring it up to old guard. Yeah. Um, let's move on to question two. Uh. And we'll talk about just the broader the broader squad uh, in general, but also the broader the situation, you know, in terms of of the game this weekend. Boys, we're facing the Springboks uh, off a Lions series uh, and off the off you know uh, two big convincing wins against Argentina, World Cup champions. Um, it's fair to say that the squad that they have unveiled, which we do know. Uh, Looks mint. It's an outstanding squad. It's a mm. really, really great squad. They've brought back so many of the of the World Cup winners who are who are there, uh, and uh, it's going to be a tough game. And the question is, uh, assuming you know a lot of the selections that we've seen from the Wallabies uh, of the part of the past couple of tests stay consistent, um, what matchup are we excited for this weekend? Nathan, I'll start with you, mate. What do you think? For me, I look at that battle of the nines. That seems to be an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, the clerk coming back in. We know he struggled with injury over the sort of, ever since that line series. I think he missed that third game. And you look at Tate McDermott. I I see similarities between the two, and I think this this is a really good barometer for for McDermott. He's come up into the All Blacks, and let's face it, he's probably one of the few that can sit with their head held high and get more than a pass mark out of their, out of their performance. I, I think, but take, taking yourself up against the clerk, I mean, we didn't get him, get, didn't get to see what he could do against DuPont. So I think the clerks, the, for me, the clerk and DuPont are up there with the best scrum-ups in the world. So, I mean, to see those two take it to each other, and we know how sort of blunt Tate has been after that second defeat and even beforehand, I'd be interesting to see how, how Tate sort of lifts that performance and how he can try and sort of galvanise this side and get him around the park with one of the best standing right strikes right opposite him in Clark. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great one. The battle of the the two blonde boys. It'll be an interesting one. Um, you know, De Klerk, of course has the best hair in world rugby. Um, coming his hair. Yeah. <laughs> you got to bring back the for locks. Yeah, you got to bring back the locks. Whatever shampoo. Locks or something like. That. <laughs> Whatever shampoo that boy is wearing, it's uh, it, it does wonders. It's like some special Japanese thing, Pantene, whatever it's called. It's beautiful. He must, he must have a deal, shouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's got a deal. He's got to have a deal, right? Well, it's the old turkey treatment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the old chain worn, go to Istanbul, come back, full head of hair. Yeah, it's, it's, it is beautiful. I reckon that'll be, it will be a fascinating clash. You, you, ain't, you ain't wrong there. Um, it's a uh, and you know there's no denying that in terms of the the go forwards that the bo- that the box get he is such a major part of it especially with his combination with Pollard. Um, Jack, I'm going to throw to you for the next. What are you, who's who's the 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 matchup that you're looking forward to? 
Uh, oh, the, the tight five for the Springboks is pretty formidable. I mean, they would, they would run through brick walls. They're, they're huge boys. Um, and it'll be up, interesting to see, you know, um, whether the Wallabies can, uh, win that tie five battle. If, uh, you know, the rumors are Thor, uh, Tong and Thor starting, that'll be a great battle. But even, you know, Slipper, the likes of them and then, uh, and then Swain, uh, in the second row taking on, you know, Etzebet and Diego. That's, uh, yeah, that's a pretty formidable matchup. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is interesting though. I think the Wallabies forward pack is, is actually a more experienced pack especially with when you've got like the likes of slipper um going there i think with the this one i'm a little more interested in in terms of a competitiveness etzebeth obviously is a gun mm. um you know and he's probably the most he's the most experienced member of their squad i think he's got like 90 odd caps or whatever um but in terms of physicality the wallabies haven't been i don't think in 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 all of their games so far this year they haven't been out enthused in terms of if the physical battle it's just more down to the rugby smarts and the way that they've actually gone about playing the game um yeah. this yeah, reckon, the, box, the box will be looking to set that platform and and you know grind it out and it's up to um you know the wallabies to, to disrupt that you know so the the red nut kitstoffs is starting um Mbambi, Mal Herbert, they're two big beefcakes. We've got Mark off the bench. Um, yeah, he's so that'll be that'll be a fascinating, um, yeah, Titanic battle. Yeah, I just want to see big boys smash big boys. That's mm-hmm. that's all I'm hoping for. And I know, like, I reckon I reckon Tong and Thor has got the potential to really, really lay into these boys and give them hell. I just hope that the that. You know, because uh, you know the sap, the sappers always want to try and just beat you up front and just get in your face and be really aggressive. And the trick of whether you beat of, of when you beat them is is dependent on if you just completely ignore that bullshit or <laughs> not. And often, if you do ignore that bullshit and just play, often they've they've struggled to just go, oh shit, well now we actually have to play crap, uh, which has been some some of the issues that they faced. Um, but you know, maybe this is a squad of maybe the, the, the times times have, have changed uh, ever since winning winning Bill. Nick, what are your thoughts on who's which which uh, matchup are you looking forward to? Um, oh God, I just really don't know. I just think it'll be a massacre. I think. <laughs> you think we're going to get smashed? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I guess I'll answer this in a weird way. Um. So in the game on the weekend, you know, Hooper just played really well. Tate played really well. Um, and it kind of felt off, you know, especially when Hodge came on, he was just like, fucking hell, nothing's working. I'll just do what the fuck I want. And Tate was doing that as well. And they're only good players. And I'm just thinking, you look at this box team, and it's like, who, what Wallabies would get into this box team? Maybe Hooper. Um, Corabetti, maybe. So... Just maybe go out on a limb here. I want to see Corabetti, um, you know, local the the pirate with the um, eye patch. Um, <laughs> I want to see him go up against Mapimpi and Nicosi. Am's going to be crazy shooting up out of the line, and I just want to see uh, Corabetti just stare him down, or Corabetti actually shrug him off. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I'm not looking forward to seeing anything. I just think we'll get crushed. Oh, that's really negative. But mm. yeah, thanks, Mark. I think. Well, the All Blacks, at least on the weekend. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. This squad they put out—it's pretty scary. It's a yeah, it's a bloody good squad. Like we're not we're not denying that. That we of the favourites, you're a betting man. You're putting money on the Springboks for this game, um, because they're this is an outstanding squad. But you know, stranger things have happened, and there is a good squad in this Wallabies team too. And the matchup that I'm particularly interested in is in the loose forwards, um, specifically, even though one of them is wearing six and the other is wearing seven. Khaleesi versus Hooper, captain versus captain. Uh, I'm really curious, considering how much they both have. Uh, such an influence in terms of the direction of their squad and the motive and them as the motivators as the, as the skipper. Um, these two are both gun players. They're both fantastic players and arguably two of the strongest players in, in world rugby. And oh God, I'm excited to see how they go. 
because, frankly, it's I know Khaleesi is a gun. I reckon Hooper, you know, he's he, he just stands head and shoulders above so many of those other Wallabies players at the moment. It'll be such a curious matchup and see how they go, and in terms of how they go together, it's it's a tough one. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough one. Either either we'll get absolutely smashed. Um, which, or, or we make a game of it. Who knows? But we'll yeah. back, we'll save that for question five when we get to it. Um, I've got, I've got you... a question for you guys. Got a question? Trivia. Who's paying higher to beat the other team this weekend? New Zealand or South Africa? Oh, I reckon South Africa. South Africa. Nick, Argentina haven't been good lately. All right. South Africa's paying one dollar twenty-one. Fuck. <laughs> paying one dollar five. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My God. Oh, that, I, I mean, I mean, like, I know, so, I know yeah, Argentina have been playing that well, but not that bad. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. so Argentina's paying ten dollars fifty. Australia's paying four dollars and forty-five cents. Ooh. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a bit of that. Actually. Yeah, that's not a bad bet. Hey. <laughs> Look, we, we don't endorse. We don't usually endorse gambling in the, on this on this podcast. But I'd, so, I'd like to make very clear, I don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't usually. But I mean, if you, if you chose to go that way, I personally will not. But if you chose to go that way, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I will. I will finish with. Uh, <laughs> I will finish with one final point um, on this, and I and I feel like this will lead us nicely into question three. Um, I feel like there's no summary of the Wallabies' current state of things than Marika Corabetti, or uh, Corambetti rather. It just, I just want to kind of want to know the numbers on how many times he has been disallowed a try this season. Yeah, I actually want to yeah. know because it feels like every single game he gets over the line, only to be brought back for something someone else did, or for something that he did. You know, two and a half phases back that somehow still gets counted. Um, is this getting? I feel like it's getting ridiculous now. Like, He's what does cursed. the dude? Ha- hmm. He's cursed. Yeah, like what does the dude have to do to score a goddamn pie? Like, yeah. we gotta break the we gotta break the hoodoo somehow. I I feel like it's a, I don't want to say like it's a microcosm for the Wallabies' current current woes, but like showing great great fantastic potential by but then botching it up with something fucking stupid. Um, yeah. But it really is starting to feel like that, just splut- like showing fantastic potential, but then just spluttering on it on through yeah. something completely out of control. But this leads us on to to question three. As much as we were joking about how it was, a, it was all just a, a faraway nightmare of, of days gone. Uh, unfortunately, Bledisloe three did in fact happen, um, and we did in fact lose thirty eight twenty one to the All Blacks uh, with the men in black. Completing a clean sweep of the 2021 series, and we are, alas, no closer to, to getting back Lord, uh, Lord Bledisloe. Um, Jack, I'm going to throw to you for this one because you're usually the optimist uh, in this uh, in this podcast channel. Uh, are you going to let us down easy? What are your thoughts on, on on the match that we that we observed in Perth? Oh, look, it's you know, there's not too much to say really. Like. Um no, the, the things we've been saying week after week, you know, um, is just going over old ground. You know, it just comes down to you know execution and skills and and playing the right game plan. Um, when you look at it, seventeen points, it doesn't actually, you know, it isn't that bad. Um, there's a few, you know, they would call a few no tries, a few intercepts that really could have shifted the momentum. But yeah, you got to give credit to the All Blacks. They're just they're just on song right now. They've They've got the depth, they've got the uh, the tactics, and I think most of all they've got the confidence, especially playing against uh, the Wallabies. So, um, you know, yeah, we're building. We always say that, though. We need, as you said, referenced earlier, we do do need wins. Um, it was a big blow, you know, sellout, sellout stadium. Optus, Optus Stadium was looking crisp and clean on a beautiful Sunday Arvo. It was probably a great opportunity to snag a win, but, oh, well, there's always next year, isn't there? I think... Um, you know, one one tactic we keep saying it. I'll keep saying it again. Um, put the bladder slow. One game, winner takes all. Anzac Day, that'll be yeah. a guaranteed yeah. sellout. Then we can worry about all the other games later. 
yeah, I feel like we haven't mentioned this. Like, I know you and I have been talking about this outside of the pod, but I feel like just for context for everyone else, like back in the eight, Jack and I have been talking about how back in the eighties, the wall of the Bledisloe would be a three test on one year, one test off, one test the next year. Um, and part of me thinks we should bring that back just to make it fucking interesting in, in the event that we win it <laughs> in the off chance. Just to make just to make it more interesting because I know that we're tiring of us losing. The All Blacks, many All Blacks fans are tiring of winning. Um, in this three test series thing, it's clear that we just don't have the gut to, the guts to make it all the way through. Um, Nathan, what were your thoughts on the on this game? It's been a weird one. Um, when you look at the stats, we they missed more tackles than we did. We made more offloads than they did. Their turnovers were exactly the same. We won every single scrum. We won more more of their lineups than they did of ours. Yet they scored six tries and we scored three. It just it doesn't really add up. I mean, I I did kind of resonate with Randy's quotes afterwards. He said they're not that uh, as far as people think. Because yes, we we got help that Bowden Barrett couldn't kick to save his life, and it probably should have been forty eight or forty four twenty one. But when you look at a couple of those tries, I mean, two intercepts, and if, as sort of Nick alluded to, if Tom Banks finds the sideline <laughs> after a red card, and, you know, Noah, Noah makes that kick as well, I mean, who knows what happens? I, I think what's really showing out of this team, and it's something that's really starting to become a worrying trend, I think. I think you might have picked up on this, Nick, on Twitter, or it might have been someone else. It's the fact that we, we don't build scoreboard pressure. I think mm. the best that we've had all year is a twenty all draw. Like we haven't led we haven't led at halftime once. Yet no. we've like it's it's starting to get frustrating. And it we, it seems like every single game we fall behind we sort of kick off happens and we're ten nil down already. And it's like, well how alright, how's that happened? It's yeah. just I think that's that's a big problem with this team and against that's something that really needs to... That's the more pressing issue for me. I was just saying, oh, we're playing too expansive. We're, you know, we're miles away from the All Blacks. It's just, we're not putting them under pressure. We're not allowing them, or not essentially forcing them to make those high-pressure decisions. And we're just allowing them to play their game, play their loose, unstructured stuff. And you, you let someone like Akira Ioani just own us for 80 minutes. Yeah. It's... It's. I feel like is even though the numbers are uh, your you point there are, are playing that we are playing better for me it's just it's it's game smarts and I feel like when we played this series of the All Blacks we watched the same game three times similar to you know how Eddie Jones when he when he was joking about you know during the times of Czech that it was rope a dope rugby and we watched seven games against England and seven times we lost the same way just. You know, that lack of actual rugby smarts when you're on the field. There's not, a, they're not being physically outmatched. They're showing that they're competitive at a physical level. But what's with all the flick passes? What's with all the coach killers? Like, as, let, let's talk what's about how shit that The fascinating <laughs> thing was, um, I'm not sure if anyone picked up, um, on what Wayne Smith, I think his article this week, I think he mentioned some of the lines of four out of those five intercepts were us just passing, I think it was left to right. Yeah. And, just, and, and, like, pretty much every single game we've had, like, one or two intercept tries. How many times do you need to do it before you think, stop throwing those big freaking passes? They're looking for that stuff. The strategy and the style that we're playing just plays into the All Blacks' hands. Change it up. Play a boring South African style. Wheedle them out. Don't give them the chance to play that broken play style. I was just like, do anything. Just yeah, there's, there's two points on that. Firstly, that's the ironic thing is that's the style. If you look to a um, a casual, that they say we we don't play, we don't play expansive expansive rugby. That's how you beat these teams. You throw the ball around, you get around them. And this Wallaby side has proven no, that's not what you do. And the second thing is it's interesting when listening to the players because uh, being in these press conferences because they say all the right things and then when they come back they're like, you know what, we're sick of we're, Whoever gets up here just says the same thing. We're over yeah. it. And then, but it gets to Saturday or Sunday, and it's like the Groundhog Day is the word they've used. For them, it's just someone gets up and says, we've got to stop this. Gets to Sunday, they do the same thing. Yeah. Someone says, we've got to stop it. 
Is it like have... a, do you reckon it's a survival mode thing? Do you reckon it's like because I mean, there's no secret with, with in terms of the situations that are going on with the game at large that it's just a survival mode situation, and that and that the, the translation or how they want to play just doesn't translate to what happens on the field, and it's just a simple case of okay, we're just going to go back to what we know, which is to try and play like this, and that particular style just plays into the hands of so many teams like that. I don't know. It's it's just frustrating. Just to see, it's like watching the same game over and over and over. Talk about you know the uh, the intercepts. Like I know what you mean, you know, and they didn't do any. And I think you know, as Wayne Smith wrote, he said there weren't any big loopy passes, but it was still intercepted. But I think you know we're sort of stuck, and this is this is how I'm thinking. I'm, I'm we're stuck in this sort of game smarts and. I mean, it's really interesting, Nathan. Stats about the game that we didn't lose the stats, but we lost the game. Yeah. And I just, I, there's got to be another way of looking at rugby and explaining it. And Dave Rennie can't be sitting there going, "Fucking hell, what the fuck's going on?" Is it just these uh, high chance stuff? Like you know that try that they scored where Barrett grabbed it and they just scored a try out of nothing. Is that just the difference? Because um, you know, like you know, like I think soccer is a great example. A team can be playing like shit, and the other team can just score a goal out of luck, and then they win the game, but they didn't deserve to win. So I, it's just like this. This do we have to change like a mind frame about that? And then you know, again, all this game management shit and flicking and all that. Like when Checker was in charge, the same shit was happening. But it was worse. I don't know if you guys sense that. And I think that's probably a good starting point. Like, we were shit. It was rocks and diamonds. But mm. there were some diamonds, periods, right? Like, I think, yeah. you know, like I said before, when Hodge came on, he's just like, fuck it. I'll just run up the guts. But I don't know. Like, it's just funny that there are all those rocks. So many fucking rocks. But I, it's just, to me, at least the progress is we don't seem as chaotic as when Checker was in charge. No, we don't. Like, it was literally, like, wind blew one way and then, you know, we'd beat, put a record score on the All Blacks at Perth and then wind blows another way and we lose to Scotland because Kopi Kepu <laughs> jumped over the ruck and shouldered some dude in the head. So, so what was your positives out of the match and, like, which players stood out for you? I think we'll take... Played a fucking blinder. Yeah. Uh, Hooper played a blinder. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really remember most of the match, but there were some great efforts. Like the scrum was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like we, we sort of, you can see what they're trying to do and it looks smart, but. Yeah, the seeds are there. I think we just need yeah. the right game plan. Maybe, you know, slow it down a bit, kick to the corners, play smart. You know, we, we keep harp, harping on, but just just super simple stuff. Don't don't get ahead of ourselves. Like, yeah, I, I mean, think you know while we do have skilled players, you know, we need to you know it's the same cliches earn, earn the right to go wide and, and all this sort of stuff. So just just a bit more tactical, a bit more yeah, not not panicky. Just um just go through the motions. And, and I think the West and, and Banks had. Like absolute stinkers. Yeah, they were. They were pretty. Like bad. they were just off. Like you know, Lewis Leo missed that kick in front. Tom Banks. They just they had really shit games, which is really funny that you know Tate had such a good game. Yeah. Um, hmm. What is next? Lewis Leo stinking. I think touching on your point, Nick, and I think it's it, it, this is something that is so frustrating, and it's it's the fact that we ha- that we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about that they talk about all the stuff that they're going to do, but they don't do it. And I, it t- I think this match has kind of proven that even the Wallabies boys are, are in the same mindset that a lot of the fans are, which is, come on, why the hell can't we do this? Why the hell can't yeah. we play like we want to play? I think that the key point you make there about the All Blacks just, you know, taking, doing whatever, scoring that grubber try, they don't think about it. They just do it. Yeah, and they were it, saying during the match, they just, you, they had a chat and he said, kick it through the guts. And it's like, it's interesting that you make the it's yeah. interesting that you make the point that the Wallabies actually can do that. Like when when Hodge came on and said "fuck it, I'm just going to do it, must do what else." He didn't think about it. He just played, and then lo and behold, stuff started to happen, mm. and we and we get 21 points. But obviously by then it's too little, too late, and you're chasing the game. Um, 
it's, I think it's just they're so in their heads so much. And there's clearly just potential just there. Like, so, it's so clearly that it's, it's so clear that it's there. But it's just not, they're, they're, they're just still searching for it. And I don't exactly know what it is right now. <laughs> I, I want to throw this out. How do we feel about Karevi? Oh, I think they overused him. He, he just became yeah. a battering ram eventually. Um, I don't yeah, know whether he's, he he or did he ever use himself? Maybe, what? yeah. But that's I mean, what I'm talking about. Like, get... um, I think they had to use Karevi so much because, you know, you got Lola Sessio, you got um, McDermott, you got Icky Tau outside him. So he was that, you know, focal point. If the, we had, you know, a couple more experienced guys outside, you know, share the load. Mm. Look, I mean, he's very good at being a sledgehammer. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's he's good at what he does, but I think he's still just getting those checker checker habits out of him. You know, he was told to be a sledgehammer, and you know he's been brought back for his first game for the Wallabies in in donkey's years. He's going to do what he did what he did previously, mm. um, because that's as much as there's a new game plan and stuff. A similar situation. It's Groundhog Day, and then they play the exact same bloody game that they have always. Um, He's going to go back into that to that same habit because they just don't trust each other or whatever it may be. Been playing in Japan, I don't know if you boys seen Japanese rugby, but <laughs> oh look, like he's playing yeah. with you sevens. <laughs> yeah, he, was pretty, he was pretty dynamic during the sevens, which is really good. But uh, yeah, I think maybe uh, get him out a bit wider and get him, a, you know, doing a few more things. You know, he's he's a genuine game breaker, and you know we need we need a few more of those in the Wallabies. So. Yeah, I mean, look, there's no denial of the quality of the players. It's just, where is it? It, it felt like watching a team of individuals play, and they were shitting themselves while they were playing. That was kind of what it was. It's what it felt like um, on on uh, in Perth, which was very sad because I feel like there's just there's just so much opportunity for this squad to do well, and they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Um, but let's let's not rest on that anymore. I feel like we've 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 beaten a dead horse as much as we can in terms of the the All Blacks, and let's never speak about it until again until next year. Um, let's move on to question four, and this is kind of a question that has kind of emerged over the last week or so, um, especially off the back of that Geordie Barrett kick to the face uh, situation that saw him red carded uh, in uh, in this in this match. Um, there's been no denial that there's been a lot more red cards that have been dished out. Um, over the last, you know, couple of, uh, you know, couple of games, wherever it is. Um, and the question that we're asking here is the red card becoming overused in rugby? Um, Nick, I'm going to throw to you first for this one because, I mean, it seems to me, even though there is, they're, they're trialing the new laws of the 20 minute, 20 minutes on, and then, then you get a player back. It's getting a bit, surely it's getting a bit ridiculous now, especially after, you know, both the Marika Corabetti red card, which was, you know, just a complete mess, and then this card, which even, you know, so many have argued that shouldn't have been a red, but at least a yellow, uh, were subsequently dismissed by tribunal in the following week, and the, and the players are available for selection again. What's going on here? Um, in terms of the red card being overused, I think that debate's been there and done. Um... I think it's pretty clear that the red card's about protecting the head. Um, so, but I mean, and he, fuck, you know, he got the dude in the face. Um, but I, I don't think, really, I don't think it should have been a red card now I think about it, but I thought it was really good that they've got that new rule in because I think that, honestly, that's best of both worlds. Uh, you know, he got a foot in the face. That's not on anymore, but it wasn't the end of the world. And really, it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> it really um, didn't. They but, played. They uh, still yeah, played. that's how I feel about it, really. Like, it's just, okay, cool. I mean, like, that could have been really grim. Hmm. And just imagine, man, if like, he lost his eye or... Yeah. Or had to go to the hospital or something. That could have been really bad. And then Rugby's just like, oh, shit, you know. We're playing in Perth and we can't shake this thing that we're horribly violent. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think like as it worked out with that red card, fine. 
Yeah, I think it worked out in this particular instance. Um, I feel like so many people argued that you know it should have been a it should have been a yellow, and I thought it doesn't matter if the of the intent or not. Jordy, you know, he's not a he's not a grub. He's not like a Butch James. Wow. Um, wow. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean like, he, he got of, yellow carded last year or something, right? No, two years ago for elbow on the dude in the head. No, no, that was that was the other Barrett. That was Scotty no, Barrett. No, that's A and Z. He oh, held, held the ball and elbowed the other guy in the head. Oh yeah, what? It might have been. Lord and no. the other Barrett, yeah, of course. And the Scotty Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, they just can't help themselves. Yeah, rubs. Um, <laughs> but look, even though he still seemed like genuinely like, oh, I didn't actually mean to kick the dude in the face. Um, he still got dismissed regardless, though. My. Nathan, what do you reckon about this? Do you think that that ruling, though, like even though we it 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 does try and create a sense of more of balance in the game, with that twenty minute ruling, do you reckon refs will be more inclined to want to actually use the the go immediately assume that the red card is is the alt is the only option that's that's available for to to resolve this issue because the repercussions in terms of the game as an entertaining product aren't as affected by the fact that you know you can there will still be they will still have have the chance to have a player back after 20 minutes. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a weird one. Like, I think there's still a place for, for the yellow card. I like for an incident like that. I think a 20 minute 20 minutes is fair enough. Like, yes, he yes he kicks him in the head. Like, no ifs or buts. I'm just, on a side note. I'm sick of people calling intent. If you kick someone in the head, you hit him in the head. Yeah. But if I if I accidentally if he as Nick alluded to if he accidentally takes out his eye. He's not accidentally allowed to get it back in. Like he's, he's not stuffed. My concern with this whole twenty-minute red card and the whole thing is, what happens when someone does something that warrants a full send-off, as in a swinging arm that deliberately whacks someone in the head, or a, a late shot three seconds or three seconds after that takes out a playmaker, and then they're allowed to replace the dude after twenty minutes? Is that mm. is that okay? Is that the message we're sending? That you can essentially smack a dude in the head, or God forbid, do something even worse to speed tackle someone? Or I'm sure there's a, there's a compilation out there of red card worthy stuff. Is that really going to be? Is that is 20 minutes really worth it for that? I think we just we, we almost need. I, I almost would suggest like another level, but again, rugby, which is probably what rugby will do because it's very it's. Probably one of the best sports of making things overly complicated at times, but <laughs> I think we just got to we got to find that balance. And I think it might be that we need to use yellow cards more. But it's, I think it's a complex thing that we just it's driven by things outside of rugby and the potential that we could get sued if we don't do something big about it. So I, uh, I think it's a great point because it's sort of like this red this head thing is not like necessarily negligent. Like, it's just negligent, but it's not, um, what's the word, you know, like, they didn't mean to do it. It wasn't intentional, like those those situations you described, like eye-gouging as well, you know. Mm. Like, that is, like, that really grubby behaviour. Accidentally kicking him in the head is sort of different. So, I, I mean, that's I, I felt the same too, because you're just sort of lumping it together in a way. Like, yeah, we know you're not, but, and they can get mm. suspended after the fact, but... um. Yeah, it, it it is interesting actually, but how do you feel about it, Jack? Um, oh, you you kung fu a kung fu kick a guy in the face, you you got to get sent off no matter what. I yeah. can't believe some of the New Zealand reaction, like New Zealand fan reactions, where it's like, well, Corby shouldn't have put his head there. Like, <laughs> hell. What else was he supposed to? Where else was he supposed to fucking do it? Jesus. Yeah, it's like or. It's like people think the All Blacks just like cannot physically, um, you know, give away a penalty. It's just they're not in them. Of course they can. And How to your that? point, yeah, like, um, you know, what's stopping someone going like, oh, you're probably, you know, 60th minute, you're probably going to get subbed anyway. So give away a, give away a card and then you can come off. <laughs> but, um, I think, I think, you know, it's too early to tell, especially in international rugby. It's only just been introduced, what, this last couple of weekends. So, um, Time will tell on that one. Yeah, 
it's look, I can I can understand that, that World Rugby want to police this very hard, um, especially because they're, at the end of the day they're wanting to try and change the uh, approach that that players appro- uh, go with in terms of contact um, and trying to improve the technique that they use in the actual game um, around contact. And as a result, you know, the, but there also becomes an issue of of you know. Uh, actual ent- the rugby is an entertaining product versus trying to make the game safer. Like I get that, and I get that it's a tough line to walk, but it, it, it does beg so many questions as to you have something like this, which you know, regardless of intent, you kicked a bloke in the face. Um, there's not like a grey area that you have. Like I think I'd argue that say Marika's red card had a hell of a lot more grey area because. There, he was already committed to the tackle, and there was no boot to the face. He was a, he was just tackling a guy, um, and it's. It, 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 I worry what it, it, it what, what messaging it sends, and it, it will be one to watch going forward. But for me personally, I think that you know, the fact that there is a, a circumstance where the ref will be like, well, I'm more inclined to end, to end this particular player's game means that the red card is more likely to be used. I mean, that could be positive, that could be negative. Um, it's an interesting one to keep watch on. It was interesting, Nigel Owens offered his perspectives on it, and he said that it's in his eyes he would have awarded it a red card as well. So he, he didn't, he sided with the ref, with the ref's call too um, on that, in that situation. So one to watch. In terms yeah, of, it's just a positive that he didn't run the game. Like the red card didn't run the game. Like yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, it, it wasn't even a contest, but it it didn't. Now that like, he came back on, yeah, it's it, it was like the, the, if anything, you know, it even despite that the, the the card, the All Blacks still scored you know eight or ten more points, however much it was during that period where they were a man down. They were a man down, so. I, on the bright side, I can't wait for the 2022 when we go back to Perth and Bowden gets red carded. Oh, yeah, that you gotta, gotta, we need the full set. <laughs> bloody bad. Bloody, bloody Barrett brothers. Anyway, let's, uh, let's look, uh, away from the rugby of the past, um, and look ahead to this weekend. We've been talking about the, uh, the games already this weekend, but we've got two fantastic matches coming up, um, at the, on the Gold Coast, uh, this weekend. First up, uh, New Zealand are playing Argentina, um, the All Blacks versus Los Pumas uh, in the in the first match of round three. Um, Argentina uh, coming into this match having lost their two matches against the Springboks, both in very convincing fashion, um, and they have looked a little bit off the pace despite winning that series against a depleted Wales side uh, earlier this year. Um, they did. Uh, struggle against the likes of Romania as well, and they don't look like they're playing as well as they have been, uh, you know, like they were again in Australia last year. But you know, it's they're a great side. There's a fantastic team there. Um, where, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on this game, boys? I'll throw it to you first, Nato, for this one. Um, All Blacks, Argentina. Um, do you reckon it's a it's a foregone conclusion? Uh, I mean, we probably would have been saying the same thing. What? Ten months ago, when they, they met at Bankwest, but Argentina got the job done. I, I, I don't see it happening again. I think, I think um, Sanchez is in doubt with a. I think he's struggling. Was oh, he injured? Yeah, I mean, it's my Spanish isn't that good, but it's, it's <laughs> Google Translate goes all right. I think he's struggling with an ab injury, so I'm not sure. I think that they'll name their side late Friday night, so or or early. I think it's early Saturday morning our time, so. We'll see if he gets picked. It doesn't bode well for him. I mean, you've got an all-black side, which is red-hot red form. I still think the best side in the world. And, I mean, you don't want to say it, but it's Gold Coast. They're going to they're gonna have some home supporters there. <laughs> they got, they got support. Just, let's just make the assumption that the all-blacks have got freaking supporters everywhere, because they do. It's I mean, for goodness <laughs> sake, Perth was like one-third all-blacks as well. They yeah. were, they travel, their, their fans are all around the world and on the Gold Coast, I expect them to get a, a decent following. As for the, the game afterwards, I think it'll be closer to what everyone thinks. I, I seem to buy in the theory that there's, a, there's mental scarring behind the All Blacks that's not there against the Springboks. And we can play, we're not going to kind of get in this state of, well, 
like we had in game two, where we start getting nervous if we if we're in a contest that mm. we, we might actually break a streak or we might get it done. I think you'll see a, a Wallaby side that will, I think for once, actually put scoreboard pressure on. But I, I still think South Africa have, have got enough. Uh, they've got an automatic, th- got automatic three points across the board. I mean, they don't have, they don't have Mornay from memory in, in the squad, but they've shot from wherever. And I think they'll, we, we'll miss one or two opportunities and they'll just capitalize and I reckon they, They'll beat us by four. All backs beat Argentina by 30. <laughs> wow. Bloody hell. You think it'll be a slacking? Um, well, they're worse than us. So, yeah, look, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I've been, I have been a little concerned by how Argentina have been going. Um, I mean, as great as it is having Ledesma um, as their coach and having a professional Argentinian coach coaching Argentina, I was actually looking at their numbers. He's got like a 20% winning record with them, even with the... You know the the uh, even with the the you know the draws and everything taken into consideration, um, which is worse than Rennie at the moment, which I think is amazing, um, in, in, incredibly. But anyway, n- like numbers say, as we as we've already mentioned, numbers say one thing, but uh, the game says another. Jack, what do you reckon? You reckon is it, uh, you're gonna go any go against uh, Nathan's predictions on this one? Yeah, no, you can't really, can you? It'd be It'd be great to see the Argies get another win. Um, that'd really help our chances in the in the champs. Um, but I think yeah, New Zealand too strong, too classy. They got some awesome players. Um, it'll be good to see you know the All Black skills um, on display when it's not against us. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting one to watch. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, uh, on the, who do you think is going to win the Wallaby South Africa game? Um, go the Wallabies. 10 oh, points. There we go. There we go. How, how I've missed the optimism. Now, <laughs> he's still there. He's the optimist. He's the optimist of the pod. He's the optimist of the pod. Well, I'm going to turn to Nick, the pessimist of the pod. Um, not, not, not to shoehorn, not to shoehorn you into a corner, mate. Um, what do you reckon? Um, I've actually been looking at Nicholas Sanchez. Yeah, he's he's torn his recto anterior is cuerdo. So, too many, too many sit ups. That sounds too a lot worse than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be his hamstring. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Nathan was pretty pretty correct. You know, it wouldn't be. You know, we probably said he would have said a lot of the same things about Argentina last year. Um, but look, I don't know what they've been doing. You know, what rugby they've been playing in Argentina with COVID. But I can't imagine it's made them better footballers. But you know, hopefully they'll put up a good fight with New Zealand. Um, but I think they'll lose that one probably quite comfortably. And uh, look. You know, as much hope as I have, um, just think we'll probably be steamrolled by South Africa, unless our certain brand of chaos um, just undoes uh, Rennie. Uh, no, no, not Rennie, Razzie. Mm. And Razzie, and then Razzie gets on the pod to complain once again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an English ref, so he's fine. Yeah, it's a podcast. Look, mate, it, it, it's like Razzie. If you're listening, which I doubt you are, but if you are, and you and your team happens to lose, lose this weekend, please go nuts, go insane. It's podcast gold for us. We just it gives us something to react to. Just do it for the boys. Do it for just, the boys. But do the report card, Wayne. I only refer to them in numbers. I only refer to them in numbers. <laughs> only in numbers. Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm with Nick and Nathan on this one. Uh, I, I reckon New Zealand are, are going to at least put a double-figured score on Argentina on this one. I, reckon, I wouldn't say by 30. I don't think it's going to be that that much of a steamroll, um, but I reckon it's uh, they'll they'll have it on they'll have it on the on the Pumas. Um, South Africa, yeah. Look, that there's no, as much as I am optimistic that we'll at least bring a game to it, and there isn't that sense of of historical struggle. I mean, we've uh, I mean we have. You know, the, the, since the, the dawn of professionalism, the, the, the stats between the Wallabies and the box have been pretty even Stevens, uh, all things considered. Um, uh, it's, 
it's uh, I reckon you can't deny how good this South African squad looks. And while we we were hoping, we were talking about it last week, that we're hoping for a three out of five result for this for this series. I don't think we're going to get that three out of five that 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 first win that win against a big side here. I'm more optimistic next week when we play at Suncorp because the boys just seem to show up at Suncorp. But um, but here on the Gold Coast, nah. I don't think so. Please, boys, prove me wrong. Um, South Africa to win by a seven. Convert a try. All right, I think that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for this uh, for this morning pod. Uh, we'll be awaiting the announcement of uh, of the squad uh, come twelve forty five. Um, let's hope that we actually got up for a freaking reason. Because if we didn't, then uh, I don't know who to blame. But Actually, no, I do know who to blame, and uh, he knows who he is. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it is, but he knows who he is. <laughs> Anything else you want to add, lads? Um, time for a beer. Yeah, time for a beer. Well, it's Friday. It's week 12 or whatever of lockdown. Let's get a beer. Sounds good to me. All right, boys, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, and to all of our listeners, all the best for the weekend. Uh, we hope you enjoy the footy that's on display um, and uh, this has been the drop kickoff. My name is Liv, and uh, we'll catch you the next time around. But what did go wrong? I have to look, look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Sirly Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic. Sirly Bombo, very interesting, very good. Yeah, very good. Three cheers for Sirly Bombo. Very good, very good. <laughs>